Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Ashley Affirms. Um, I am so excited to be back with you this week and having a great topic to discuss, but I first want to shout out my listeners and people that are already committed to tuning in weekly to hear what I have to say. Um, I laughed because last week um, I had a lot of people reach out to me saying, hey, Ashley, did you actually drop an episode this week? Did I miss something? And all I could do was laugh because um, and I just responded, no, guys, I'm sorry. It's been a busy week, but we will be tuned back in next week. So, of course, as you know, life gets busy and sometimes we have to take a step back and reset. And so I'm thankful for those of you who do tune in weekly and that are looking forward to hearing the episodes. I definitely am doing my best to produce the content that God put on my heart to produce. And so I appreciate you and your feedback continues to feed me and remind me that I have something to do and the world wants it. So (laughs) thank you so much. Shout out to you, all of you that have reached out and that continue to give me amazing feedback. I really appreciate it. Okay, so now we're ready to jump into the episode. So I want to start off with what I am appreciative of. This week, I'm appreciative of people that give you the space to be you. And this, of course, is going to go into our topic later. But I just want to shout out again. I'm full of shout outs today, but I appreciate having friends and family who give me room to just be Ashley. So being Ashley entails a lot. (laughs) But what this means is that There are times where I want to be out and about and communicative and overachieving in all ways. And I'm naturally a social butterfly and an extrovert. But there are other times where, especially in this season, when you're creating things and things are shifting and changing around you, that sometimes you really just want to preserve your energy and you want to have a little more alone time or need a little more God time and time to focus and get grounded again. Um, I'm appreciative of having people that give me that space. I have the type of friends who, if I'm not communicating with them as frequently as I might have before, they love me, I know, and we all have this understanding. We've communicated many times. Even if time goes by, love hasn't changed. And so we all have that foundation, but they'll still reach out to me and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. They might send me a scripture, send me a funny video, tag me in something, and vice versa. Um, but there's an understanding of, I see you, know that I I recognize you and that I know you're here. And even if you aren't in the space to want to talk or communicate, know that I'm here whenever you're available. Um, and just having that space makes me love them even more and appreciate them. And it actually makes me want to give them that same mindfulness as well. I have many friends who are equally busy and we're all in different realms of life doing different things, but it's really nice that we're all mindful of each other. And even though we adore one another and miss each other a lot when we don't see each other or talk a lot, um, it's important for us to maintain healthy relationships and communications and just having a basic understanding of what everyone needs. So I'm the friend that'll say, you know, if I'm really busy right now, sometimes I just need some quiet time as a therapist and as someone who's oftentimes pouring out my rebuilding comes from me 
preserving myself and just actually not pouring out. So in that time, I might just want some quiet time. I might want to go home and relax or not really go out to the mall or go out to the movies or wherever. I just need some chill time. Other friends might say, you know what? The best distraction for me is to hang out with my friends. And so they might want to do things more active. We all know each other's triggers and we all know what recharges one another. And so we're all mindful that even in the midst of doing our own thing, we want to still show up and be present for our friends. And so I'm just thankful for friends who, despite their way of recharging, they're aware of mine and they love me enough to maintain boundaries for me to help me have space to recharge and be able to come out consequently later. So shout out to amazing friends, family members, coworkers, and people who see you, who hear you and recognize what you need. And they care enough to offer you that space. The life tip of the week is don't live your life with the intention of pleasing others. (laughs) I repeat that. Do not live your life with the intention of pleasing others. The reality is everyone will never be pleased. Um, Everyone will never always be pleased anyway. And the idea is that we need to live our lives to the best of our abilities, helping others, being mindful of others and self, but At some point, you're going to have to accept the fact that you will never please everyone. In the midst of you trying to please one person, another person may disagree with that and then they're going to be unhappy. And the idea is that if you you constantly move throughout this world trying to make everyone happy, you're going to constantly find yourself falling short, which is going to make you feel bad and constantly be something that weighs heavy on you. So release yourself of that and free yourself of that bondage of expecting people to be pleased with you and happy all the time, because the honest truth is that they won't. Sometimes you do have something to do with that. Oftentimes, it has nothing to do with you. And it's more so about them and what their issues are in life. And that just happens to be projected onto you. Be strong enough not to receive that projection and protect yourself, knowing that you're doing the best you can, but that at the end of the day, you're meant to do what you can for yourself and do what you can for others. But it's not your job to please the entire world. And this is the perfect segue into our topic for the day. Today's topic is selfishness versus (laughs) self-preservation. So some of you who may recall last week's episode was the importance of showing up. And we talked about why it's important to try to be available and keep your word to people that are around you. Also in that episode, I gave a little nugget about what this episode would be about because there's a fine line between pushing to show up and honoring your word versus doing so to please people and it depleting your energy and you not taking care of yourself. The biggest difference between selfishness and self-preservation, I want to lay the foundation. Um, The difference to me, and again, this is all my opinion, take it or leave it. I'm not here to also please the world. (laughs) So if you agree, that's great. If you don't, I would love to hear that feedback too. But for the sake of this episode, the biggest difference we're going to focus on is the heart and the intention behind the action. If you're doing something with the intention to harm others or place yourself above others, then that's what kind of falls on the side of selfishness. If you're doing an action or doing something that's meant to protect you, your mind or your energy, then it falls on the side of self-preservation. Again, these are 
very complex situations and they are subject to individual differences, but it's a fine line. It's a very fine line between being selfish or something being deemed as a selfish act versus you preserving yourself. And I feel as though the world hasn't really done a good job of teaching us self-care. There's been an influx of mental health awareness, which I'm super excited about. And in the midst of that, um, self-care is one of the hot topics that always comes up as a buzzword. But historically speaking, I know if you ask me and from where I'm from, I don't hear many people talk about self-care. I actually come from a very big family and a family who considers selflessness as the idealized behavior. The idea is that the more selfless you are and the more giving you are to your family members, it's connected to your character in a way that suggests you're more loving, you're more considerate, you're um, just a better person because you are offering more of yourself to others and you're not being quote unquote selfish. And I agree with this. I believe that we are put here to serve others and to help others and to build other people up and give what you can. If you have money or a resource or talent or time, it's important that you don't just hoard that for yourself and that you offer that to those around you that you love or even the world at large that may need what you have. Of course, it's important to give of yourself. But the fine line is when does that become somewhat abusive to who you are? This comes up a lot. Um, It's holiday time, of course, and people are going home for holidays, spending more time with friends. And when is it going to be discussed that there's a fine line between offering yourself and your time versus that being taken from you and your energy and time not being considered, but expected to be given to everyone else? Now, this is the perfect time to add in. This is my little mini rant in the midst of the big rant. (laughs) Projection is a huge thing. I don't think we talk enough. There are a lot of things we don't talk about clearly, but the idea of projection and projection just suggests that a person and whatever their thoughts, feelings, beliefs, or ideas are, they see that within you and they basically say um, that you are justifying what it is that they believe to be true. So an example of projection could be a person is used to people yelling at them. And so say you have a New Yorker or someone who just speaks very loudly and they just naturally come from a family that's more boisterous than others. If they talk to that person who has the understanding that yelling means you don't like them or yelling is a trigger, then that person can project onto the New Yorker or the loud person and say, you are disrespecting me. You don't like me because you are doing X, Y, and Z. And that makes me feel bad. So now we have an issue where two people from two different backgrounds with two different understandings are having a conflict because they don't speak the same language. But one person is projecting their feelings and emotions onto the other person without considering what that person's truth is. That's a that's a very simple off the top example of what projection looks like and the issue with projections and what we're talking about today is the fact that everyone all of us me included walk around with certain beliefs and understandings that are unique to our own life experience what happens is 
we may not be emotionally intelligent enough to communicate our truths and consider and, and equally hold the fact that other people have other truths as well. This means that our insecurities, our past traumas and hurts, our understandings and such are challenged by people that are not like us. And if we're not aware, we may place expectations on them that they may or may not be able to adhere to. So this expectation that's placed on people that we do to others and others do to us, the issue comes in when we also go back to the topic of people pleasing. People pleasing comes up because people say, you need to do this and this is what makes me feel comfortable or happy. And because we're taught to be selfless, (laughs) quote unquote, to be selfless and to give and consider others more than ourselves, and we're also not taught the healthy version of what that looks like, we take people's expectations and try our best to adhere to them. Whether we understand it or not, whether that person, even though it's their truth, whether it's justified or not, whether it's healthy or not, we're told that we need to aim to please others and to make people happy. The issue with this, again, is that some people's expectations are rooted in trauma and negative things. And so what you're trying to please them with is something that no human or person can ever heal. Their issue is something way deeper than the action that you're actually talking about. And sometimes they may say that because you are choosing to consider your truth over theirs, that's where the selfishness idea comes in. I am here to tell you today that there is nothing wrong with choosing yourself and your truth over someone else's. Again, that blanket, that's a blanket statement and it's a generalized statement. Of course, with the understanding that your heart's intention is to do good for others, it does not mean to start becoming selfish and to only look at yourself and what you want as most important. But it means that if someone is challenging you or pressing you in ways that make you uncomfortable and you're not able to live up to that and it's starting to affect the way you see yourself and others, then take a step back and actually consider, are you being selfish by saying no or setting a boundary or is that self-preservation so here are a few tips to help you figure out how to manage situations that challenge you and are on the fine line between you acting in a selfish manner and you doing something that preserves yourself and your energy the first tip is to be patient and walk in love It's really important before you start to respond and react that you take a stance of love and patience and kindness. You're not interacting with people with the intention to hurt them or to end in conflict. So it's important for you to be at peace when you're speaking. Make sure that your tone is level and not elevated. Strive hard not to get frustrated and start to manifest that in your tones and your nonverbal behaviors. Also, just with the intention of love, if you're talking to someone that's a family member or a friend, remember that this is someone you care about and that your intention is for clarity and communication, not to tear them down or to upset them. The second tip is to ask questions. Let's use an example. Um, (laughs) One of my examples, I'll use my mom. Um, She and I have a great relationship, but we're hilarious. Like we're both super feisty. And the older I'm getting, we're navigating the idea of the mother-daughter dynamic as I'm an adult and I'm no longer her 
young child who she's responsible for, but I actually, you know, am a functioning adult. (laughs) And so we oftentimes pick and navigate back and forth and challenge and figure out those boundaries and those fine lines between how to still be an honorable daughter and to show her that I love her and respect her, but also to remind her that I am an adult who makes my own decisions. And so we'll definitely use us for this example. Say it is, of course, Thanksgiving is coming up and she wants me to go to the store (laughs) and there are like 30 other people in the family that can drive, but I'm the oldest. So everyone's always expecting me to do stuff. That's just how it always plays out. Um, Asking questions in this scenario would be instead of getting frustrated with her and my mom is the type to be super assertive and say, Ashley, go to the store and do this. She doesn't ask me. Ashley, would you mind? Ashley, do you think you can? Nope, right to the point. Ashley, go do this. And so (laughs) I've learned over the years that the best way to interact with her in a way that doesn't set her off and make her upset with me, but to actually really get through the fullness of the conversation is to monitor my tone, but also help her get to the root of what we're talking about. The whole point of this conversation is she needs something from the store. Cool. She expects me to go get it. The whole point is that she needs this item from the store. So my stance will always be, again, going back to tip two, asking questions. What is it that you need from the store? Is this someone something that someone else can get? Is it a priority? Do you have to have it or do we have something that can supplement it here? Typically, we do this little banter back and forth and she'll answer the questions. And based off of what she says, say she needs... Um, cans of soda okay so I'll say okay so do we not have any soda here she's like no that's why I'm asking you to go to the store and so inside I'm just like fuming and ready to like get snappy but I'm like no 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 get to the point it's important to still you know push forward be respectful but still stand my ground and so my my next question might be okay have you asked Maya who's my sister have you asked Maya to go to the store she's like yeah but Maya can't because Maya's doing blah 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 my solution at this point is or my conviction first of all is that I'm not trying to go to the store I don't want to go and (laughs) I want to enjoy my cousins and everyone else that's here how can I get it so that my needs are met and my mother's needs are met at the same time this is where we're talking about healthy compromise so in the midst of selfishness versus self-preservation there is a way to find a happy medium and find a compromise that makes it so that you are literally in the middle and that everyone's needs are met at the same time it does take a little coordination it takes practice it takes hard work it takes self-control but it is possible so back to the scenario She says, yeah, Maya can't go to the store. I still need the sodas and need you to go get it now. My brain is going in millions of directions. Like, first of all, upset that she hasn't asked me if I want to go, not considered that I don't want to go and all of these things. But I also know that it is important for us to have drinks for family members at the house. And so I then consider, are there any cousins around? Are there any other people that happen to be on their way out that are coming back? Is there anyone that's not at the house that can come and that or that is on their way and that they can pick it up on their way there? And so we start to dialogue about this. We start to offer suggestions. I start to offer her other ways of which she can get her needs met. And by the end of the conversation, of course, 
especially if I'm firm in it, I'm not going to the store, <laughs> but I might budge. One option is that I could budge and say, you know what, I'm going to do it because I know she needs it. And instead of trying to navigate and do all this other coordination, it's simpler to just get it done. That isn't a matter of me people pleasing or it's not a matter of me lacking self-preservation. That's a matter of me picking and choosing battles and saying, you know what, it's not compromising my character or devastating or harming me enough that is something that I need to really fight about. But if it is in that moment really important to me, then I'm going to work hard to come to a compromise with my mom. And so another solution could be that I'm asking my cousins to pick it up. I'm asking her, when do you need it? Because if you don't need it until, say, an hour or two from now, how about I go in the next 30 minutes because I'm right now having a conversation with one of my cousins. I don't want to stop the conversation. What if I go to the store in the next 30 to 45 minutes? Will that be okay for you? Typically, we always come to some agreement and we're on the same accord and it works out. My mom doesn't care. She just wants the sodas. <laughs> so it's about speaking and voicing my opinion and saying what I need, but working amongst us together so that we can both get what we need done. So again, that was tip number two, ask questions. In the midst of you asking questions, you'll be able to get to the root of what the conflict is. I gave you a very light situation. Some people's situations may be a little tougher. It may be a situation like we talked about the first scenario, the person who is triggered and has traumatic experiences with people yelling at them and they encounter someone from the North who typically is just more boisterous in nature anyway. Um, the questions that could be asked regarding that scenario are, Hey, are you upset with me? Um, do you not like me? Have I offended you or, or harmed you in some way? And typically, of course, because it's a projection, the person probably is likely to say, oh, no, you didn't do anything unless something really did happen. Then that's a whole nother conversation. But in this situation, the person can literally deny that that isn't what they're feeling. And then you can actually have more data to move forward about how to fix the solution. Tip number three, consider your own truths and your thoughts. So again, with the situation with my mom and I, I considered what I wanted, I considered what she wanted, what I was willing to argue and fight about and come up with a compromise. With the scenario with the New Yorker and the person who is triggered by yelling, then their truth is that in the past, people have yelled at them and they've been really, really hurtful and they don't feel protected when people are yelling. To the New Yorker's defense, Everyone speaks loudly. <laughs> Everyone is boisterous by nature. So it's almost offensive that their character is being questioned because of something that's just so natural. So it's important for everyone to consider all of their truths. And instead of just considering your own, consider what that other person's potential truth could be as well. Tip number four, make a decision. My clients hear me say this all the time. And I, my go-to quote, well, one of them is, if you don't decide to live your life, life will decide for you. It is really important for you to make a decision and to stand by your decision. Um, when it came to the scenario with my mom and I, I decided I'm not going to the store. And if I do go to the store, it's going to be on the time that I want it done. But instead of being forceful or rude in the way I deliver that, I made the decision, communicate and made sure that she understood that I'm willing to compromise, but I'm not going to change what I need as well. When you make a decision and you stand firm by it, people typically do fall in line. Um, it's the people that don't make decisions or leave their lives up to circumstance that the world tries to suggest what they should do. 
a person this comes up with identity issues. If you don't know who you are, whose you are, what you stand for, then the world will tell you who you should be, what you should look like, what you should stand for. And so it's important to make decisions about who you are and what you believe anyway. A sub bar of that specific tip is never make a decision out of emotion. Um, we always hear people say, don't react when you're angry, be slow to anger and all these other things. But it really is important to try to be of sound mind when you are communicating or making decisions because you don't want to say something or do something in the moment that isn't true to who you are. And it's just based off of a circumstance or an emotion. And then that causes more issues for you later. So really try hard to be in control of your emotions, to flesh through your emotions before you speak and decide on certain things, because that can determine whether or not the navigation of the situation is easy for you. Overall, what I'm saying is there's a big difference between being selfish and preserving yourself. It's important to be aware of both so that you can figure out which side you're falling on when you are making decisions. But don't fall into the trap of allowing the world to tell you that you should adhere and be what they want you to be just because of their own insecurities and expectations. Find out what you're supposed to do and what you believe and what you want and gauge that based off of good moral principles. If it's loving, if it's with good intention for yourself and others, and just make sure that you're doing your best to honor both yourself and other people. True self-preservation doesn't technically hurt other people. If it does hurt them, again, the other sidebar is that that's their own insecurity and their own issues they're working with anyway. But typically your boundary setting or you um, communicating what it is that you need for yourself should not be something that is detrimental to the health and sake of others. It really is something that helps you preserve yourself and makes you a better person, ultimately helping everyone overall. The affirmation for the week is I am well balanced in protecting my energy and I am able to healthily give some of my energy to others. Again, the affirmation is I am well balanced in protecting my energy and I am able to healthily give some of it to others. It's really important, again, to preserve yourself and your energy so that you can continue to do the work that you were placed here to do. But some of your energy is also meant for other people. So connecting this week's episode with last week, it's important to show up. It's important to be available and to reserve some of your energy for those that you can care about and love. And it's also important for you to care about yourself and love yourself enough to save some of the energy for you. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Feel free to give me feedback and tell me your thoughts. Have a great holiday weekend. Make sure that you are not being selfish with your time, but you're also communicating your needs and you're preserving your energy as well. Enjoy yourself and I can't wait to hear from you next week.